You want to get your Bibles out and uh, open to Isaiah chapter 40. I think a lot of people will know the end of um, the end of Isaiah chapter 40. We sing a chorus out of it, and um, but I want to I want to re- start off by reading the whole chapter here today, um, and then we'll sort of um, work out what we're talking about. Let's read. Um, let's read starting from um, from verse one. It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for for all her sins. And it's saying here, um, just in in the start of the chapter, the the sad days are gone, your sins are pardoned. And um, and then it moves on, verse 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, or or listen, it's the voice of someone shouting. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And this... Uh, remarkable thing is going to happen and everybody's going to see it. And the the voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is as grass and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So we get a few little themes in here, and I just want to lead up to the last bit of this, this chapter into, into what we're going to talk about here. But, but this really builds the story. So we establish here that, you know, what shall I cry? And it says, well, people are as grass. The grass fades the flower fades you know it passes away but the word of our God shall stand forever and verse 9 our Zion that bringest good tidings get thee up into the high mountain O Jerusalem that bringest good tidings lift up thy voice and and strength lift it up be not afraid say unto the cities of Judah behold your God behold the Lord God will come so there's, there's another little theme. Behold, the Lord God will come. He'll come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are, are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the, with the span? This reminds me a little bit of Job. So we've got this picture here of just how mighty God is, how wonderful God is. And it says who, when we think about creation, I think it's um, Job 39 or thereabouts. And, but here it's talking about who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, you know, like the, the oceans of the earth. And God's just gone, there it is, you know. Um, He's meted out the heavens with a span, you know, God's hand span from uh, Alpha Centauri across the galaxy. Yep, we'll put that one over there, you know, um, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales, you know. There's um, Mount Kosciuszko or Mount Everest um, in that bowl there. We've weighed that one out and and poured that upon the earth Um, and the hills in a balance. 
Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counsellor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Who taught the Lord? Who taught the spirit? Where did that come from? Behold, the nations are a drop of a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. So we get the great contrast here is we've got the ultimate wisdom and power um, of God who nobody taught. And then we've got um, the nations, you know, the princes it talks about and it says they're nothing, you know, in comparison. And it says in verse 16, and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. So talking Old Testament times, the Bible is saying, um, Isaiah is saying that... Um, the, all the forests in Lebanon, all the animals aren't sufficient. That's not a worthy sacrifice of how great God is. You know, if, if you, if you uh, took all of them for sacrifice, um, and again it says in verse 17, all nations before him are as nothing and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom then will ye liken God or what likeness will you compare unto him? There's no comparison who who can you who is God's equal? Um, maybe it says that later. But you know who 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 can you compare? He's just demonstrated who can who can space out the stars with his handspans. Handspan. Um, and verse nineteen, we get to this verse, and and after all of that, and the 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 wonder of God, and it says the workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spread it spreadeth it over with gold and casteth silver chains. And he that is so impoverished, or if he can't afford that, the, the poor man hath no oblation, chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall, shall not be moved. So the, we've got the wonder of God and people will melt something out of gold or if he's poor, he'll go and cut it out of a tree and, um, and make a god. And uh, it, it, no comparison. And verse 21 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Hath it not been told unto you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? Don't you understand? God, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. You know, there it is. And God, God sitteth there upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants there are of are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heaven as a curtain and spreadeth the, um, them out as a tent to dwell in. Once again, you just get this, this picture of God, the, the, the enormity of the heavens, and it says it's just, just a, a tent. Um, and uh, verse 23, that bringeth the princes to nothing, he maketh the judges of the earth as vanity, yea, they shall not be planted, they shall not be sown, yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth, and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or, there it is, or shall I be equal, saith, saith the Holy One, who is my equal? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by names, by the, the greatness of his might, the stars, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. I want to have a think about this verse 27 and 28. After all of this, 
and we get this picture, and, and then it says, why sayest thou? So after all of this, why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? How can you say, God, why don't you see my troubles? How wonderful is the Lord that you can, you can think that God doesn't see your troubles? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. You can't begin to comprehend how much he knows about your trouble. And he ain't tired. He's got all the time in the world for you. And, and so that, that verse 27 just really stuck out to me. Why sayest thou? Don't you still understand how great God is? And he goes on to say here, verse 29, he giveth power to the faint. Not only does he understand, he will give power to the faint. If you're in your troubles, in your time of despair, in your time of sickness, in your time of you know, struggles in, in daily life, he giveth power to the faint. And to them who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall without the hand of God. Even the, the young ones, the ones with energy and so on. So who, to whom giveth he this power? Verse 31, it says, but they that wait upon the Lord. That's the whom. If you want, if you want power and strength from the Lord in your time of trouble, if you've ever wondered, where are you, God? You know, if you've ever wondered, will God do this thing for you? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And we sing that chorus. And so I was thinking about the eagles a bit, and, and you might not believe this, but it had nothing to do with the grand final yesterday, and then I drew that comparison and realised we have a couple of people here who go for the eagles, so that's okay. Um, that was the, the, top left, uh, the top left corner there. Um, that's not, not going full screen. All right. <laughs> Can't get all the technology right. Um, so um, just sort of thinking about, um, if I can just digress from this passage for a moment and, um, and, and sort of thinking, I want to talk about the individual, um, you know, and about, about you here today. Um, we, we actually, we had a talk last week about the church, the bride, and, and we see lots of different examples in the scriptures that that give us a fullness to our understanding of God. It gives us a fullness to our understanding in him. Now, when we're talking about, as we did last week, the, the bride who is the church, and we're talking about a, a collective as well in that, the Bible also talks about the individual. And, and I want to tie that together, if this makes sense, with... The Lord also refers to a lot of animals in our understanding. He created them too, but, you know... We see that he refers to sheep a lot, and sheep is often as a collective, you know, that as a flock of sheep and a shepherd that looks after the sheep. And we can glean a lot of understanding from the word of God about how he sees us. He talks about ants, 
He talks about many different creatures. He says, go to the ant, thou sluggard, and observe, you know, and you'll learn your way from him. So we learn from ants, we learn from sheep, and God created them. And we also learn from the eagle. And the eagle is referred to quite a few times in the Bible, not as much as sheep. But I, I think in, in just trying to set the scene here, what I want to talk about the eagle is the eagle often flies solo. So I want to talk about you. And um, if, it just, if I can tie this all together, um, I mean, we've, we've heard a little bit already here today in testimony and what's happening over in PNG and, you know, people walking who've never walked you know, and um, people's lives being changed. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes you hear those stories and and there's something in the stupid flesh that goes, how did that happen? Or do I believe that? I don't know if anyone gets that, you know, like the, the, it's the stupid flesh that, that can question different things and doubts and, and these sort of things. And I suppose the question is here today, do you believe that? Not as a collective, yes, as a church, we believe, we believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we believe in the miracle of speaking in tongues, we believe in the miracle of, of people's lives being changed, of people being healed, of people being set free. We believe all of that as a church and from the Word of God and we preach it. Do you believe that? Do you really believe it? You know, and in your time of trouble, when you're weary and faint, do you really believe it in your life? Um, <clears throat> and maybe in line with last week is sort of encouraging people in 2019, do something different, be, be part of the vine. If you want to see that, go to PNG. That's faith building. You know, talking about you here, not as a church, talking about you and you getting your victory and you building your faith. Um, let's have a look in um, Job chapter 39. Um, so Job 39 and verse 27 says, Doth the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest on high? She dwelleth and abideth on the rock, upon the crag of the rock and the strong place. From thence she seeketh the prey and her eyes behold afar off. And... Um, the Lord's telling Job here about some of the amazing things about his creation, but we can already see in that scripture, you might, you might be, just be able to skim a few things off the top there that you start to recognise about she, the eagle, dwelleth upon a rock. Any significance there? Upon the crag of the rock, she finds a safe place in the rock. Of course, we find a safe place in the rock upon high. You know, and, and so we, we glean these things and we get a fuller understanding that God gives us from his creation. Um, Psalm 103. Just another one about... Um, our eagles and uh, verse 2 it says bless the lord o my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgiveth all i can't see it because i wrote over the top of it what i'm going to do here with the scriptures today we're going to flick through a few scriptures and i want to put the word you or your in it okay now 
maybe that's pretty self-explanatory here in a scripture like this, but I want to emphasize about you and your walk. And, you know, yes, um, like I say, we, we take the example of sheep and, and we can see ourselves as embodied in the church. Maybe, you know, people can belong to different societies, different clubs and different things. But here today we're talking about the eagle and the eagle flies solo and the Lord wants us to learn something from it. Um, I don't believe he wants us to learn that we can do this on our own, but he wants us to, because, because like I say, he, he uses all the other examples to, to, as well and he wants us to piece that together. You take, take this example from there and this example from there. But it's important that your faith is strong. Not, not the, the faith of the church in that sense. It's important that your faith is strong. So here it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all your iniquities, who healeth all your diseases, who redeemeth your life from destruction, who crowneth you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And just just want you to you think about those things. And so in doing that, I just want to I want to think about um, just um, a few of the things about an eagle. Um, eagles fly alone. Just look a few things up and at a high altitude. It says they are not uh, with sparrows or other smaller birds like. Geese, birds of a feather flock together. No other bird goes to the height of the eagle. Even with eagles, other than their lifetime mate, it is rare to see them in a flock or even with other eagles. So, but they don't fly with turkeys, um, and uh, you know, and, and other birds. They fly with their own, with eagles, and and so I don't know if the Lord's wanting us to get something out of that. That if you're gonna if you're gonna fly. Up on high with the Lord, you're going to fly with other eagles. It's not going to do you much good with the pigeons um, and, um, and so on. Um, another one here. Eagles can focus up to three miles from the air. When an eagle um, sights prey, even a rodent from this distance, he narrows his focus on it and sets out to get it. No matter the obstacle, the eagle will not move his focus from the prey until he grabs it. Now, just to help you imagine this, three miles is 4.8 kilometres um, up and he can spot a rodent. Um, I looked up, the tallest building in Melbourne is the Eureka Tower. It's 297.3 metres. So a bit of quick maths. Um, I did it before. Um, that's more than 16 Eureka Towers. Has anyone been up the Eureka Tower in Melbourne? Couple? Yep. All right. So 16 of those up and the eagle can spot a rodent and he won't take his focus off of it until he's got it. Can you imagine what it takes coming down five kilometres? <laughs> you know, um, so eagles have pretty serious, powerful um, vision. Um. So if you have a vision and remain focused on the prize, no matter what the obstacle, you'll succeed. The Lord says so. You know, if we take that example from the eagle. 
he, the Lord gives us an amazing vision, a spiritual vision. Remain focused on the prize and the Lord says we will succeed. Um, another one, uh, eagles don't eat dead things. They always feed on fresh prey. They don't indulge in, in that which is rotten or spoiled. Vultures eat dead animals but not eagles. So don't let um, rotten attitudes and mindsets or people pollute your life. Um, the eagles only, only feed on, on fresh stuff. Um, the eagle is the only bird that loves the storm. When clouds gather, eagles get excited. The eagle uses the wind, winds of the storm to rise and is pushed up higher. Once it finds the winds of the storm, the eagle stops flapping and uses the pressure of the raging storm to soar above the clouds to glide. This gives the eagle an opportunity to rest its wings. In the meantime, all other birds hide in the leaves and branches of the trees. We can use um, the storms of our lives to rise to greater heights. You know, and, and there's some, some very good parallels there. You know, the, the, the eagle gets excited by the storm. And the scripture, I, I could go to a scripture for each one of these, but I won't because I've got some scriptures I want to share at the end. But you, you can think of them that um, to, the, the Bible says not to fear, you know, concerning the fiery trial which, which comes upon us, you know, to rejoice um, and to, to, be, to be glad in, in the times that we're tried in our life. And here it says the eagle gets excited by the storm because it knows it can rise above. And we know with the Lord that we can rise above. And he does it on his own. That's the point I want to make here is, is yes, there is, there is the example of the church, but right here and today we're talking about, about you, your relationship with the Lord and your ability to face the storm. Um, the eagle's um, commitment is tested. So um, this is quite interesting. Eagles mate for life. So when a, a female eagle uh, meets a male and they want to mate, she flies down to earth with the male pursuing her, the male pursuing her and she picks a twig. She flies back into the air with the male still pursuing her. Once she has reached a height high enough for her, she lets the twig fall to the ground and watches it as it falls. The male chases after the twig. The faster it falls, the faster he chases... The faster he chases until he reaches it and, and has to catch it before it falls to the ground, then brings it back to the female eagle. The female eagle grabs the twig and flies to a much higher altitude, pursued by the male until, until she perceives it high enough and then she drops the twig for the male to chase. Sounds maybe like some relationships you might know. Um, this may go on for hours with the height increasing until the female eagle is assured that the male eagle has mastered the art of picking the twig, which shows commitment. Then and only then will she allow him to be her friend. Um, and um, so commitment, commitment is tested. And... Um, we will have in our walk in the Lord that our commitment will be tested. You know, is how far will you go um, for, for, this, uh, for this prize? Verse 6. Um, oh, what have I written there? Commitment is a necessary quality, yeah. Uh, number six is uh, eagles prepare for training. When, uh, when about to lay eggs, the, the female and male eagle identify a place very high on a cliff or tree where no predators can reach. The male flies to earth and at first picks thorns and lays them as the foundation for the nest on the crevice of the cliff. 
cliff. Then he flies to earth again to collect twigs, which he lays in the intended nest. Then he picks thorns and lays them on top of the twigs. On top of that, he lays soft grass covering for the thorns. Finally, the male, um, the male will find strips of cloth to put on the grass. When this first layering is complete, the male eagle runs back to, to earth and picks more thorns, grass and cloth and lays them on top of the thorns. He... Uh, then he uses soft feathers to complete the nest. The thorns on the outside of the nest protect it from possible intruders. Both male and female eagles participating in raising the eagle family uh, participate in raising the eagle family. When the baby eaglets uh, become old enough and it is time to leave the nest, the soft layers are removed so that it will become uncomfortable for them to remain long term. And, and maybe, you know, a, a parallel that we can draw is that the Lord and brothers and sisters who love us might sometimes push us to grow and prosper. And once again, you might think of a scripture about that um, in, in Hebrews chapter 10. Um, and sometimes you might even question the actions, but they have good intentions. The Lord has good intentions for us. Your brother and sister has good intentions for you. And, and so maybe there comes a time, like the eagle, where, you know, takes out the, the soft layer there. It's time for you to, um, to get up and going. And the last one here, eagles mate for life and return to the same nest. Once a suitable mate is chosen, eagles will generally mate for life. If one of the eagles dies, the surviving mate will choose another one that is suitable. Generally, the pair will return to the same nest each year, repairing, enlarging, and improving its design. And I was just thinking that, you know, from that is that we hopefully have a solid home that we invest in, that we've invested in, and that we can return to, spiritually speaking. You know, that... that that's what we're building. And um, Blake was telling me, uh, I don't know if this was on good authority, but was it wedge-tailed eagles, Blake? Was wedge-tailed eagles some nest that was six, six by six metres or six metres diameter or something like that? That's huge. Um, don't quote me on it. Um, but, um, yeah, anyway, that's what we're building. You know, something sound. That's what we invest in. Um. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 17. So if you wait on the Lord, going back to the start, um, if you wait on the Lord, the Amplified says for wait on the Lord, it says those who expect... Look for and hope in him. You'll take on eagle qualities, some of these qualities that we're talking about. You will have a clear, amazing vision spiritually. Wait on the Lord for that one. You will soar above the storm. Wait on the Lord for that one. I'm sure there's people here today who've got a storm in their life right now. And yes, the church is here, but the important thing is how much do you believe that you, with the Lord, will soar above that storm? We've got people here who get up and they'll tell it, like, like we've heard today, the time when the Lord helped me to soar above the storm. And that's good for you to hear. If you've got a storm right here today, but you've got to believe it. 
You've got to believe that the Lord is going to do this in your life, that he's going to give you these eagle qualities. We learn as well that if you wait on the Lord, you will be safe in the cleft of the rock, you know, where you've made your home in the safety of the rock. We choose that as our home and you'll be safe there, you know, and, and many of these things and, and these promises are for you. Um, Matthew 17 and verse um, 19. It says, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? So there's a miracle here um, that they hadn't been able to perform and, and Jesus did. And, and Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. So this is a little bit of what we were addressing here. We read it in Isaiah 40 as well, is, Lord, where are you? That's unbelief. You know, after all of these things, I just told you how good God is and how wondrous God is and you say, God, where are you? Okay, so unbelief. We're all faced with it. But he says here, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Yes, the Lord's called us to a wonderful church, but nothing shall be impossible to you and to your storm. Do you believe it? Do you really believe it? Are you an eagle? Are you waiting on the Lord? Or, or when the storm comes... You know, hopefully we've spent time with the, with the flock. This is where the, the, the illustration gets a bit weird. We had in Isaiah 40, it was talking about sheep and then it talks about eagles. We, you know, you don't get an eagle out of a sheep. But, um, you know, we do spend time with the flock of sheep and then we're ready to soar because we've got faith. We're waiting on the Lord. You know, our confidence, our trust is in him and we know that it's him who gives us strength. So we get that sheep to an eagle type thing. Um, like I say, that you can take different elements of an animal and, and I think of our pug that um, a lot of you have seen and um, I'm sure felt and been licked and, you know, whatever else if it sort of bursts into the house. It wasn't my choice but, it's yeah, it's a nice dog. Um, and um, but I, I suppose all dogs are like this. It's actually the first dog I've ever had. So I suppose all dogs have a keen sense of smell. I think some keener than others. But I know with um, with Daisy, if um, you've been eating something, <laughs> sounds really really weird. I'm sure you've got all weird stories with your pets. But if you happen to breathe in front of your dog, um, you've, maybe you've been eating some cheese and you breathe, and she'll actually lick the air. You know, like she's eating the air because the smell is so good. You know, like we don't do that as humans. You know, we don't go, <laughs> that's a nice hot dog <laughs> that you've been eating. You know, like um, our, smell, our, our sense of smell is not so as good. Maybe the Lord designed it like that. Um, but, you know, so each animal has these elements, but Daisy... Is, has got nowhere near the abilities of a human being in many other areas. Um, manners is one thing. Um, and, 
And, but, the, but so we, we get these examples anyway. You get the picture on that one. Let's have a look at, at Mark chapter 11. Once again, I just want to demonstrate, might be a little bit tedious, but I want to demonstrate this is for you. Mark 11 verse 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. One, two, three, four, five. Five yous in there. Not sheep. Um, do you believe it? Do you really believe it? You're an eagle. You can um, you can be lifted up um, on on you know in strength on on wings. Um, John chapter one. I was thinking before. Um, Nearly run out of time, but I've just got another handful of scriptures just to go through here. But in in my walk in the Lord, and um, so I, was, uh, I was hearing testimony and and how we do grow. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And and so I received the Holy Spirit as a as a young teenager, and and there comes a time in our walk in the Lord, you know. Uh, as a young teenager, I've been sitting in this church for years and I've heard people get up and give testimony and I've heard people that have been healed and I've heard people in PNG and hundreds baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit and never been able to walk and to walk out of the baptism tank, never been able to hear and all of a sudden they can hear or they can, they can speak and they've never spoken before. And I've heard all of those things and I've even seen some of them myself, but, uh, you know, at that stage as a young teenager. But there comes a time in, in my walk in the Lord where I think I'm at home and I'm um, 17, 18 years old and i got bad eczema. And I know our, ch- our church believes that I can be healed of that, but how much do I believe it? How much am I going to seek the Lord? How much am I going to wait on the Lord and, and go, Lord, you promised me. I believe it. I believe on your name, you know, and you're going to heal me. And he healed me. And, and you know, we go through our life and we've got all of these stories and then, and then you're standing on the, no, first, you think, I want to go and tell somebody about this. And there comes a time in your walk in the Lord where you think, these outreaches, don't know what that's all about. But, Lord, I'm going to go and give it a go. I'm going to go and... Speak your word. I'm going to go and join in with somebody. I'm just going to watch or, you know, whatever. And I got to a stage where I wanted to do that. And, and then there's another stage where, Lord, you know, I want to say something now, but I don't know what to say. And, 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 and we see that they that wait upon the Lord, you know, they'll, they'll grow in strength. And, and, and then there's, there's all sorts of other things that come along the way is, Lord, I don't know how I have a job right now and I don't know how to get one and, I'd, uh, you know, and these sort of things. Or, you know, I've, I've got a problem in my life and it's a really natural problem. It's nothing to do. It's nothing spiritually and, and whatever and it may not appear to be affecting my walk in the Lord but it's just a real problem. 
you know, and I, I need your help on that. And and all of a sudden, I know what our I know what our church preachers about it, but I, do I believe it? Do I believe that the Lord can really change my circumstance, or am I saying, Lord, where are you? I got these troubles. You know, what are you doing? You know, like, He says, wait on the Lord, and He will He will strengthen us. Um, where were we? John chapter one. John chapter one and verse twelve says. But as many as received him, this was, this one's a bit trickier, to you gave he power to become the sons of God, even to you that believe on his name. Um, just a few pages over, John chapter 6. In um, verse 35, it says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. You that cometh to me shall never hunger, and you that believeth on me shall never thirst. Once again, we're talking spiritually. You will never hunger and thirst for the things of this life again if you wait on the Lord. Um, back to Isaiah chapter 43. Just um, We're just going to flick through an, uh, another few here just before we finish. Isaiah 43 and verse 2, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When thou walkest through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Once again, whatever your storm is here today, whatever your problem is here today, this is the promise from the Lord. Do you believe it? First Peter chapter 4. He actually says we don't have to carry this problem into tomorrow. We can get used to them sometimes, problems. They're not good things to get used to. And... Um, 1 Peter 4 verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, the storm, but rejoice. Rejoice in the fiery trial. Rejoice in the storm. Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So don't be surprised. If you've got trials in your life, the Lord says, maybe he says here, it's a bit of an indication that you're following me. You're going to go through trials, things that are going to test you. I was thinking about, we won't turn there, but Psalm 23 talks about, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You think about an obstacle course, that's, um, that's a pretty bad um, obstacle, the valley of the shadow of death. And sometimes there might be hurdles along the way that we might trip up at or, or the, the devil's trying to trip us up. But though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to overcome it. Like that eagle who doesn't take his focus off the prize we're not going to take our eyes off the prize. 
until we got it. Psalm 34. And verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto you that are of a broken heart and saveth you as be of a contrite spirit. Hopefully we understand these things. You know, I just, just never want to think about these things in general terms, about what we believe, but much more how, how much you believe it. Let's just turn back to Matthew chapter 17. It's my last one. Um, and in verse 20 again. So we read this at the start. It talks about, you know, your unbelief. And then it says, For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. How's your mustard seed looking? This may be a finishing thought here today. Really, the Lord's just saying to us, sometimes we talk about that, um, that mustard seed that can grow into a great tree, and it will, so we grow in strength. But actually, he's saying here, you only need the grain of mustard seed to remove the mountain. How's, are you looking after your faith? You know, do the things that you do in your life represent that faith? Do you... Do you build on that faith and that believe, belief and that, and that strength so that when you come to your storm, when you come to your time of trouble, you can confidently say, Lord, I know I can rise above this. Lord, I know I have an answer in you. I know you have the answer for me. Do you have faith? Do you believe what Jesus said? Do you believe on his name? Do you believe in healing? In your life, in your life, do you believe in the saving of the soul? Do you believe in the, in the saving of the soul for your friends, for the people that you know? If you do, that's one tasty grain of mustard seed. Um, are, you, are you waiting on him? Are you expecting? Are you looking for him? Is your hope in him? Are you, are you like an eagle, renewed in strength and power because... You're waiting on God. Are you lifted on wings above the problem, close to God? That's who he's made us to be. If only we will live it and cherish it and look after it, that faith is a precious thing. All the people said? Amen. Amen.